waking up. Uh, I'll introduce myself. My name is John Chen. I am glad to be here. Originally, my wife was going to come along as well, but um, unfortunately, due to travel snafus, we had to reroute our flights, and so I drew the short straw. So you're going to have to. You're stuck with me. So um, yeah, let's. Uh, oh, I like to. Um, I'm starting to introduce myself as the disciple whom Jesus loved, John. <laughs> and uh, it first, number one, it helps people remember remember who my name, and second, uh, it, um, it it reminds me that um, probably one of the hardest things to do. It's easy to tell, easier to tell people that Jesus loves you, but to realize that Jesus loves me is oftentimes much harder. So I used to think the Apostle John was quite presumptuous. You know, I'm the one that Jesus loved. But actually, it's quite genius um, to go through his entire life and realize Jesus does love me. And so um, so we're here to talk about trends in church planning among unreached peoples. That is a huge topic. We're not even going to scratch the surface, so let's just get that expectation out of the way. But it does come back down to Jesus, really. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, so we're going to actually talk about the church first, uh, because you can't talk about passion for church planting unless you focus on uh, passion for the church and, of course, passion for God. So uh, full disclosure, I am not a medical personnel, but uh, our organization uh, called me in for the church planning part. So my wife and I have been church planners in East Asia and Southeast Asia uh, for 20, 20 some years. And um, so I'll just start off. We um, we started off. I started off teaching English and uh, in China. And uh, when we first went in the early 90s, um, I didn't know any believers. And um, uh, by the end of our time, there were uh, over 20 believers, and it was like third or fourth generation fruit. Like they were telling, the students were telling their roommates, and the roommates were telling their friends. So people we'd never, never even met, we just heard about them. And um, so I had known about evangelism, I'd known about discipleship, but I was just in, yeah, in my early 20s. Uh, they started asking us to baptize them. We didn't know what to do. You know, what do you? What would you do? Go see the senior pastor. Go sign up for the baptism baptism class. You know, I don't know, um, but it forced me to begin thinking about the interconnectedness of believers and the importance of the body of Christ, and that's how we ended up with uh, pioneers and a church planning um, organization. And so I was given. Well, I we served in uh, field leadership for many years, and then we took a sabbatical, my wife and I, and uh, for about nine months. And so I stepped off of a, a working group focused on church planning uh, for our organization. And my first day back, you know, our international director said, John, I want you to go back and get on that group. So I went back and I tried to lay low. And I'm just starting up again. And uh, and and so the um, my friend who was leading the group said, Hey John, why don't you take this project of uh, creating a resource to um, to orient new members regarding church planting? And so I thought, oh man, I don't want to write a 
hundred-page manual or something like that. It just sounded so boring. I love church planning, but um, I said, what I really want to do is I really want to, to, to make a TV show. And so uh, I thought about how do young people today consume information? I thought, well, it's a TV show, I think. Um, so, and I wanted to have some fun, too. Just coming back from sabbatical, you're, you know you're in a good space when you can be creative. Right? So, um, so that's what I did. I made a, uh, produced a TV show. It's just for internal use. Um, but uh, I'm going to show you guys uh, the first episode, at least. It's on the church.
Garden of Eden, we see a holy community extend from God Himself and the creation of Adam and Eve, only to break down in rebellion and sin. Humanity became scattered and fractured, and yet God's plan of reconciliation was already set in motion. From Hagar's declaration in the wilderness, You are the God who sees me. God's intimate knowledge of David in Psalm 139. You created my inmost being. And God's word to his people. I have loved you with an everlasting love. A picture emerges of a God who sees us, knows us, and loves us, despite the sin that separates us from a holy God. The word church was first used by Jesus 2,000 years ago in the Gospel of Matthew. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, or ecclesia in Greek, which at the time simply meant a gathering of people. The Hebrew equivalent, kohal, is used in the Old Testament to refer to the people of Israel. In a stunning reveal, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, shows how it was God's intention all along to bring both groups together, that through the cross, the Gentiles and Israel are now united as one body. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, and now you have received mercy. These are really rich terms from the Old Testament. The, the four descriptions at the start of that verse come from Exodus and Isaiah, but he goes on to talk about not just what we are called to do, but who we have been made into as God's people. One of the older men in our church came to me once and said, Graham, I have no Christian friends. When old men speak like that, there's usually a follow-up, something for us young men to learn. And he said, I have no Christian friends. I only have brothers and sisters. He'd learned in his years that our primary identity when we're relating to other followers of Jesus is that we are brothers and sisters together. And it gives an integrity to the relationship. Uh, we are sons and daughters of one heavenly Father. My church, different parts in different parts of the world. Uh, it's important for us to, to remember that, that we, we are one family. There never has been a time when we needed to emphasize an us together gospel, an us together journey, an us together walk, an us together wrestling, <laughs> an us together suffering together for the glory of His name in the nations.
obviously we're working with very wounded people who have um, experienced much trauma and hardship. God loves these people. They have been judged, they've had justice served upon them and we see our role as one of showing mercy. The judgment is done and so we're there to just walk with them through a process of healing and we, we get a great thrill to see the number of lives that God is able to reconcile back into family and village situations, and yeah, we're blessed. Last night, my family and I, we got on a red-eye flight from Chiang Mai to Seoul, Korea. If you've ever been to Incheon, you'll know it's a beautiful airport. There are definitely worse places to be. But isn't that part of life? There's parts that are nicer and more comfortable, and then there's also the difficult parts. And so there's a movement through life. In the same way, family doesn't stand still. My daughter is going to university this year. My son is getting married. Sometimes we wish that things could stay the same. But not only are things constantly moving physically and through time, but we're also growing. That is a picture of the church as well. God is doing something in all of us, moving us forward along the path. The shortest distance between two points may be a straight line, but the path of growth seldom is. It can often feel like we're walking in circles in the desert, especially when we're isolated. Just as iron cannot be sharpened in isolation, we need one another. Whether first century believers were falling into sexual sin, taking each other to court, or questioning the resurrection to come, they were a work in progress. The only thing greater than Paul's exasperation was his love for the believers. Let love be your highest goal, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians. In addition to personal and interpersonal growth, the church is to face hardships. We are co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory, Paul writes in the 8th chapter of Romans. He exhorts us in Ephesians to grow to become in every respect the mature body of Christ. Using the metaphor of marriage, Paul summarizes his hope for the church with these words. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. God is very much interested in the people we are becoming together. Jesus came in and brought the kingdom of God and he wanted to show people a new way of doing things, a new way of living, and love was at the center. But it is possible to use all of our own strength and use all 
to be a beautiful flower come spring. Whenever new life grows and emerges, darkness is crucial to the process. And we were not meant to go at it alone. We were not meant to figure it out by ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. We have the community of believers. We have the body of Christ to rally us forward. We have to handle with care our relationships with one another. And that brings God glory and honor. Thousands upon thousands of angels enjoy. 
hope that sets a target when we talk about church planting or even church planting movements. Let's not forget uh, the biblical foundation. I, I don't know if you caught it, but I, I have a whole page of scripture references, but I tried to present them, oops, sorry, but I tried to present them in a very low-key kind of way so that it was more watchable. But in reality, there's, there's a whole page of, and that's in the, uh, you can download it from the, uh, the website for the session. Um, I'll show you the, here's the, uh, the cheat sheet there. So uh, I encourage you to go back and reflect on that. Um, something I didn't do this time, but I, I did kind of like a, a brief pre-discussion before we talked about this. But uh, maybe we could do a little post-viewing discussion on this. What are some things that kind of stood out to you? Yes. I Yes, the, the beauty, uh, pointing out the beauty of God. Actually, I, our family loves to watch those Bear Grylls or BBC, Planet Earth, whatever. Those are the inspiration for this. I was like, why should evolutionary biologists be the only ones to use creation as the backdrop for the story that they want to tell? It's like, God has a story too. Let's tell that story. No. Anything else? Yes. I appreciated the... Uh the idea that the path of growth is not a straight line, it's, mm. it's very organic, and also, often it's road, there's a road of uh, suffering or hardship, but it also results in something beautiful, and you see that with the creation imagery, that the church is organic and, and, and alive, and it's yes. people, and that foundation of Christ forming a bride towards a wedding is a beautiful foundation for talking about church. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I think is... I think the Lord's been kind of growing myself is, um, you know, you come to these things and you spend a lot of time, you know, in your education trying to get to a point where you have a, you know, a skill to offer overseas. Yeah. And it is really difficult because, you know, in a way that's almost where your identity is. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously when we come to this, we're also globally minded. And so whenever you go overseas and want to do... Um, you know, you want to spread this skill for the glory of the Lord, sometimes, you know, it can be hard to, in a way, because we went to a last session prior to this one that was a little bit talking about how it's important that you use your skill, but don't not use it for the, you know, like church and plant or church planting, because I feel like that's honestly where the Lord's heartbeat is, uh-huh. is in church planting. Yeah. You know, um, because, I mean, obviously we're meant to go tell others about Jesus, but it doesn't to me. Like I personally, you know, I, you know just to give you a little background. I, I'm, I'm I'm a pilot. I'm not even. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little yeah. off, off here, but uh, I spent a lot of time, a lot of money in my education, and so um, my wife is a nurse, and so we're we're here just kind of seeing where the Lord is leading, and um, you know something that I've just kind of been struck with throughout the conference is you know a lot of people have a lot of technical skill, a lot of education to offer people, but if it doesn't come back to something like discipleship in the church. Mm. 
purpose do we have yeah. being there? Excellent. I'm going to stop you there for just a minute because that is right down the alley of what we're going to talk about next, which is trends in church planning. Okay. So actually, I was given this topic, and so if it was me, I would just keep talking about the church, and uh, I wish I could show you the other four episodes that I made, but you'd have to join Pioneers because it's an internal video. Um, but um, uh, so we're going to um, to shift gears a bit now. I've I've twisted the arm of three of my friends who are medical professionals, and uh, I interviewed them ahead of time, so I've got some clips of them talking. So what we're going to do now is to get into uh, small groups. So gather around maybe um, maybe five people in a group. If you could do that, you can turn your chairs and make a circle. And what we'll do is we'll watch uh, three segments of videos. They're very short. And then we'll talk about it in your group, okay? So because one of the most important things, the value of coming to a big conference like this is to be together, actually. It's our interaction with our, imagine that, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, the church. Okay, so let's do that, and I'll set up the video. Is it not? Is it too low? Oh yeah, drop down. Yep, yep. Got it. Thank you. Oh yeah, no, no. It was excellent. That was a great lead-in. Yeah. Yes, yeah, what did it is? someone ask a question? Okay, to restate it. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, let's, uh, let me have your attention. Um, okay, so I was thinking about this trends. Okay, I, I didn't want this to be a big, heavy data dump, you know. Um, but trends, another way of saying trends is basically what is God doing? What is God doing recently in, in your sphere? And so that's the way I frame this question. So here's the very first one, uh, my friend Chris. So take a look at this. My name is Chris. Uh, my wife and I served among Muslims for over 10 years, and uh, by a professional background, I'm a geriatrician and a family doc, and have had the privilege of serving in a number of capacities uh, on the field. One of the biggest trends I've seen, uh, and it's really exciting to see, I've seen colleagues in Africa move from being practitioners of healthcare to teachers and mentors. I think that is, uh, in a lot of ways, that's the burden that God put on me. Uh, so when I actually left medical school, uh, I was inspired to really consider teaching, uh, actually being prepared as a teacher, not sort of just theoretically, but actually seeking equipping as a teacher um, and not just being a practitioner, which I love, but uh, in terms of the local context, uh, what is it about? 
still some power imbalances in that kind of scenario. There's still some cultural barriers that are involved in that kind of scenario. Um, but I feel like uh, that kind of relationship, rather than sort of that top-down or being that, you know, for want of a better word, that white, white savior type person, uh, to being someone who comes alongside, I feel like that is uh, one trend that's very important in healthcare. Okay, so let's go ahead and discuss that. I would recommend that we take turns and just go around in a circle and give everybody opportunity to talk. So, got about ten, five, ten minutes. Let's uh, wrap that up and put a bookmark in whoever's got to speak last, and the person next to them will continue for this. Uh, let's maybe maybe if there's someone that had like kind of an insight or something that we can share with the uh, the people that are on the streaming as well, something that came from your group that was kind of a interesting insight or maybe something, what did something strike you in your conversation? Something that made you go, oh, okay. Nothing? Okay. I'll talk. Yeah, sure. I'm the, I'm the person that hates silence, so I'll say something. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, think, I think the biggest thing that I heard from our have the oh wait! Can I ask you actually to come up and actually oh, yeah. for for the benefit of our yeah, yeah. so yeah go ahead okay so that this and, then, and then this both all righty I feel the power <laughs> all right I think the biggest thing from our group is just recognizing the platform that nationals have rather than you know this like white savior. Hey, that was something brought up in the video. Um, but to see people um, functioning in positions of authority, maybe even in the government or in like leadership agencies, wherever that may be, um, that's just an opportunity um, that, that we don't naturally have. Um, so if we can play the background, kind of like that awesome Lecrae rap song out there, um, and elevate others... Um, that, that's what leaders do. A, a leader isn't defined by the number of followers they have, but by the number of leaders they create, right? And so I think that this is an awesome opportunity to exercise um, that type of service and humility through training. So, Wow, that was fantastic. Uh, what was your name again? Uh, my name's Riley. Riley, okay. So if anyone has any questions, you can ask Riley later. <laughs> Thank you, Riley. All right. Well, let's uh, let's watch the second one. And she wanted to keep her face, you know, somewhat oh, obscure. So apologize. Um, I have a degree, a master's in public health. I, I think I've seen trends with, particularly with Americans, just that either or. Man.
instrumentality is that the proclamation of the gospel is first and primary and important. And so sometimes you feel like those skilled professions that you have or tent making skills are kind of secondary because you just want to get in there and share about Jesus, plant churches, and, and you kind of make it this is one thing and this is another. So it's that idea, this division of, of what I'm doing, which, you know, I feel like it doesn't have to feel like it's a divided thing, you know. It's, it is a integrated, incarnational, and if you bring people into the kingdom, you can't kind of, like, okay, you've accepted Jesus in your heart, and now everything else is going to be okay, you know. I think those integrated ministries have a very important role in, in really helping people to heal emotionally or physically as well as know that there are parts of communities that care about them and that will help them in their spiritual growth and bring them to a point of being a part of a thriving body that they're contributing to. So. so I'm not sure if you caught that, but ministering to the whole person um, the trend, I guess, she was pointing out was that some people have a tendency to kind of um, divide things into separate categories. Uh, and um, she's really advocating for that, uh, you know, your medical um, skills are not only a way into the country, but actually are a way of expressing the love of Christ as well. And that we need to care for the whole person. So please go ahead and have a good conversation in your groups. question. Uh, what is something that came out of your group that, um, you know, something that really struck you? could be there's something somebody said or something just um, from the video. Um, I would invite anybody to share. Anybody have something? That, kind of, yeah. Uh, what was your name again? I'm Nate. Nate. Come on up. Come on up, Nate. Yeah, for the benefit of the... Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. Cool, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, I guess in my group, what we were talking about is uh, just the aspect of... Whenever I think of the traditional view of missions, you know, we're talking a lot about how, um, you know, you have this idea of, you know, like, I guess I can give you an example of my profession. I'm, I'm in aviation, so... Um, a lot of times, you know, people that are, do go to the mission field as pilots, they uh, oftentimes will say, you know, for a period of time I was a pilot, but then I decided to do something for the Lord, you know, and it was 
that decided to get into church planning, that decided to do other roles um, within, you know, missions. And I'm not necessarily saying that that may, that may have been where the Lord has brought them, but at the same time, I do think that God has given a desire on each person's heart to use their skills or their, what they bring to the table and then use missions and integrate missions into it. Um, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of people here are healthcare providers, so, you know, for y'all, it, it could look as though um, y'all are uh, going overseas to do uh, healthcare. And oftentimes, you know, people like they, we were talking about in our group, we have this idea of, you know, people being um, saviors or heroes to local communities. And I think there is a place for that, you know, especially in disaster relief and stuff like that. But for like a more long goal, I think that that is a little bit difficult to progress the gospel. Um, because, you know, you don't have, it, it's all about disciple making and making disciples and then spiritual multiplication. Um, if we're just coming in and saving everyone or, you know, quote unquote saving everyone and then just leaving, then there is no long-term effects to that. And so um, I guess what I'm, I'm more or less saying is that, you know, a trend that I would think of is that being able to marry your passion and God's call on, on missions uh, together so that we can further the gospel, whatever that looks like. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, thank you so much, Nate. Yeah, just even as you're talking, you know, um, what is it? Creativity is about actually making connections between different ideas and things. And so when someone else talks, it kind of helps us make connections in our brain, uh, and something that we haven't thought about before. And so even as you're talking, Nate, um, not a new idea, but just the reminder that, hey, if you're called to be a pilot, be the best pilot you can be. Um, it doesn't mean that we should all be doing the same thing. Um, you know, but you might be teaming up with someone who's um, leading Bible studies or, or somebody that's just devoting their time to pray. Um, but we're all working together. I think it's kind of the attitudes toward one another uh, of um, not judging one another. I think maybe that's what choosing the trend of like, hey, no, we only got to do this and this is the only important thing. You know? But if we can recognize the value of the body working together. All right, so we've got... One more video, but before I do that, I want to pause because I have to like run to the airport after this, and uh, I won't have time to talk to you if you'd like to talk to me. But um, So if you have a pen uh, or type it in your phone, I'm going to give you my email address, and then you can write to me any questions or if you have any yeah, follow-up. Just So my, my email is uh, john, J-O-H-N, mail, M-A-I-L, stop, S-T-O-P, at gmail.com. So welcome any comments or questions. And now, without further ado, uh, the last video, but let's stay in one big group for this one. Okay, so just take a look at this. Serving in South Sudan, I think probably initially we went 
as Westerners often do, with this sense of we have resources, we have the gospel, we want to go and serve, we want to give. And we were humbled over those five years, I think, to see the faith of our brothers and sisters living through war, living through famine, living through genocide, and continuing to cling to the Lord. And so we learn very quickly to be learners, um, to take our place, to recognize we were stepping into a culture that we were naive to and unfamiliar with. We needed a phase of language and culture learning. But I think more important than that, a spiritual apprenticeship of learning how to take our place with brothers and sisters of different language, different culture, different socioeconomics, and for us to learn how to be part of a multicultural team and serve in the name of Jesus. Um, there previously, I think, mission could have been characterised as from the West to the rest, but I think we're seeing as the church declines to a degree in the West, uh, we're seeing what has always been there or should be there, um, that the Lord is calling people from every background to gather together in multi-tribal or multi-ethnic teams and find ways to serve him together. Uh, we saw it in our own hospital context, our language tutor who taught us uh, Sudanese Arabic. After a year or so, we said, Kazia, you have so many spiritual gifts. You're a mature woman. You love the Lord. Can you come and um, be part of this hospital team? Can you serve as an evangelist in the hospital? Can you just circulate in the wards and speak of the Lord Jesus to all of these mothers so that they hear of his um, good news? And she said, oh, I am just a trout. I'm just a language tutor. And it was, the onus was on us to esteem what was good in her life and honour it and rejoice in it. And so she spent several years serving in this hospital uh, and being able to proclaim the good news of Jesus to her own people. Right. So as uh, no longer the, the West to the rest, uh, any, any thoughts or reflections as we close today. Anybody? Yes? Would you like to come up? Oh, we'd love to hear. It would help benefit the, uh, the streamers. Yeah. And what is your name? Bethany. Bethany, thank you. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Thanks speaking to both. Okay, yes. hello. I really feel that we isolate ourselves with our gifts or how we think and we say I'm different so I can't serve with these people and um, it could be an experience it could be a diagnosis it could be your education I really feel that God is teaching us that we are truly a body 
And we should not hate on ourselves for being the hands instead of the feet or the eyes or the arms because we really all do need each other. Um, Our educational background is important, and God put those passions in your heart for a reason. And he said, I want you to go. I want you, like just like that story, he needed that lady to translate. She's like, what am I doing in a hospital? My husband's in medical school, and I am not science-y at all. I'm, I love global things and music and, and feelings and <laughs> all those other things. But God is teaching me that there is a place for me in our ministry together, even though I can't tell you which one is aortic valve. I couldn't tell you that exactly. God can still use me as just another part of the body. So we don't need to isolate ourselves. We don't need to say God can't use me because of my drug addiction or my um, my broken heart. He is going to use you specifically for this purpose. I believe we're all kind of keys that he has formed to go into a specific door that he has for us. So I'm speaking to myself because I have had that bad talk to myself for a long time, even yesterday. So I just want to encourage you all that no matter what stage you are in your life, what your background is, God is moving in you, and he is not going to stop. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you, everyone. That's all that we have for today. And may the Holy Spirit cement in you some thought or direction uh, or inspiration to, as you go out to uh, be a blessing to the nations. So thank you.